Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. It's great to be here this morning and um, I have the privilege again to, to, to share the Word of God with you. Um, and uh, I'm excited about this. I, I think it's absolutely a phenomenal uh, series that we're doing on Sunday mornings. It's called In Christ. Um, we've been doing this series for the past uh, three or four weeks, and um, I just I just love how we can come back again to seeing how we as people uh, are in Christ, what it means to be in Christ, um, and the different facets of that. Uh, this morning, I, um, the, we're going to be looking at what righteousness and sanctification is and the relationship between the two now i know they're big words but can i just look that they're big words but don't let the big words tune you off i'm going to try and explain them as concisely as possible uh throughout the message there is going to be a lot of big words but they're just fancy you know fluffy words mess you know but they mean so much don't let the big words tune you off okay if we understand the big words the big theological words if we understand them we will have such a greater understanding of the preciousness of the cross and uh, what jesus did so before we start let's pray amen father uh, we thank you so much um, that we uh, get to come here on a sunday and that's it fellowship with other Christians, listen to um, your word being spoken. It is a privilege because, you know, we there are so many countries around the world that are persecuted for it, but we are in freedom and uh, we don't want to take it for granted. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take these words of mine and make them... Um, a personal for each and every every one of these people in here, and uh, that you would do a work in their hearts. Amen. So, I want to ponder first, first of all, on this verse of Scripture, Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse twenty-one. For our sake, He made Him. He, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The profoundness of that verse of Scripture is amazing. It's, I, uh, to... Two weeks ago or so, I had the opportunity to preach this um, a message on this verse of Scripture and around it, and I unpacked it, and I hopefully did a good enough job to un- for you to understand the uh, profoundness of that verse. And um, this morning, I'm not unpacking a text per se, but I am going to try and explain the relationship between what righteousness is and and sanctification uh, the relationship between the two 
But let's ponder on that verse again. For our sake, He, meaning God, made Him, Jesus, right, to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus, when He, he walked this earth, He never sinned. He was perfect. And He was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He knew no sin, and, but for our sake, God accounted him as sin on the cross. And I remember, I remember saying last time, I said that he didn't, Jesus didn't sin on the cross. He never sinned. If he ever sinned, he would have ceased to be God. Jesus was God. Amen? Because only God can forgive sin. So Jesus never sinned on the cross, but, and I just, I just, again, I want, to, I want you to see the love of God, how it is so emanated through the cross. His love, which pursued us, His love, which initiated, His love, which demonstrated, His love, who, who um, was an example and him on the cross, willingly on the cross, Jesus willingly did this in obedience to the Father, died on the cross. And on the cross, our sin, our filthiness, our sin was put on Christ and his righteousness, which means perfection. It means, righteousness simply means right before God, perfect, holy. That's what righteousness means, okay? So His holiness, His perfection, His, 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 everything He, His perfection was then accounted to us. That's love. We did not deserve it. He did not deserve to be to go through the punishment, but yet He did it. We didn't deserve His goodness, but yet He's willingly doing this on the cross so that our, it's like that theologians call the beautiful exchange. Our, the exchange of our sin and His righteousness on us. And what happened is that He... he was our substitute on the cross so we didn't have to do it he did it he substituted himself he also appeased god's wrath so god is just in everything he does and when he says that i will punish sin in the old testament he would always say that continually he's going to punish sin punish sin and in new testament fulfilled the fact that he will punish sin he punished this sin everything happened on the cross everything culminates on the cross the whole bible is centered on the cross the old testament looks to the cross the new testament looks back to the cross everything is about the cross so what happens is that the wrath of god is satisfied that's called propitiation uh big word i know but it simply means to appease god's wrath so on the cross that's what's happening God's wrath is appeased because of what Jesus did. Now, this is nothing that we do in order to earn this awesome gift of salvation. Nothing that we get to boast about because it's nothing in us that's deserved it. 
In fact, we deserve eternal separation from God, but His love, His love is so big and it shows so much on the cross. And it's demonstrated. It's done. It's fulfilled. And Jesus conquered death. He rose again. Conquered death. And those who put his faith, his trust on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we are saved. And then we are in Christ. And then we have his righteousness not a righteousness of our own. That's what the Pharisees did. They tried to do the good things. They tried to tick their boxes. They tried to do the things that they thought, well, you know what we should do? We should do. We should do this. They kept trying to be righteous in their own strength, in their own ability. They failed miserably. Jesus gave parables continually about, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. It should have made them go, I can't. <laughs> but they didn't. They totally missed it. So Jesus had to speak in, in, in parables and languages and, and, and that, that they couldn't understand. And, and then he explained it to his disciples. And, and all they had to do was, I can't do that. I can't be perfect. I can't be righteous. The, 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 the law simply is a schoolmaster to show us that we are utterly sinful. It's not so that we can just keep it in our own strength. It's so that we can go, Jesus, I can't do this. You say perfection, I can't. You say holiness, I'm not. You say righteousness, that's impossible. So... What happens on the cross is that his righteousness, his perfection is accounted to us. Accounted. Accounted. And this is what happens. We, now, if we place our faith on Jesus Christ and, and, and if, we, if we trust him, we now are in Christ. We are now in Christ, meaning that we are now have his righteousness accounted to us, meaning that we are now righteous people not of our own accord we are holy <laughs> we are saints saint mark saint josh <laughs> we're saints because of Christ. That is our identity now. We are in Christ. His righteousness, He, God, now looks upon us, looks upon us as holy, righteous, just, pure, unspeakable. That's the bride He's coming for, right? It's an utterly simple, but extremely deep. You know what I mean. It's simple. And um, that's the beauty of the gospel. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to read Romans, Romans chapter 3. If you want to flick there. 
with me. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Um, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Here it is. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth, whom God put forth as a propitiation. I mean, as a propitiation, meaning as He put His Son as a propitiation, meaning that He was going to satisfy His wrath, appease His wrath by His blood, Jesus' blood, to be received, to be received by faith, by faith. This is to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over formal, former sins. It was to, sh- sorry, in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. That is why God is re- and remains just as being holy judge over sins and justify sinners because of what happened on the cross. So the question is this morning, and I want to pose this question, if we are made perfect, holy, righteous because of Christ, then what is the relationship between righteousness and sanctification? Or to put it in other words, if I am righteous right now, and I, I put my faith in Christ, I am born again, I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. If now I am righteous, why is it that I still sin? Is that a good question? I hope we're going to answer that this morning. We need to first of all have an understanding of the three tenses of salvation. We often talk about salvation as a past tense. I was saved when I was probably around 16, 17. I, when you go up to someone and say, um, when were you saved? Well, I was saved in 2000. I was saved in 1955. I was saved back in the day. And while that is true in some degree, there, is a, there are different tenses of salvation that we want to have a look at this morning and this and they are this there is the past tense that we have been saved there is the present tense that you are being saved today being saved and there is the future tense that you will one day be saved in the next slide in the big theological words Make you help you understand. We have been justified in the present, right now. We are being being sanctified in the future. One day we will be glorified with Christ in heaven. That has not happened yet. That has not happened. We have not in our glorified bodies yet. Is anyone in the glorified body yet? That is why there is disease and, and sin and, and corruption still in this body. And even in the world, the world just cries out. The, 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 the earth cries out in labor pains for the glorification one day. And our bodies do the same. We age. This body, I'm getting more wrinkles every day. 
I can see it. I've got a pimple right here today. It just came up all of a sudden. Our bodies are decaying. It's just our bodies are crying out for one day to be glorified with Him because one day we will receive our glorified bodies in heaven. That has not happened yet. So the Bible speaks about we have been saved, we are being saved, and one day we will be saved. Now, I'm going to give you some scripture so you can understand and see that it's not just me making this up. (laughs) Um, Ephesians uh, chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, through faith. And that this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So that no one may boast. So that no one can boast about your righteousness. Does this make sense? You have been saved through faith. I love that. Read it over and over and just munge on that. It should never get old. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation. There shall be no condemnation. If you are in Christ, you, you, you have received Him. You're a Christian. There is no condemnation. The enemy's primary uh, job is to accuse you. He's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you of not being good enough. So you might stumble and he might say, well, look at you. What type of Christian are you now? What type of Christian does that? You, if you're genuinely in Christ, and I say that because it's very important, if you're genuinely in Christ, there is then no condemnation. Of course, you will be seeing fruit of your salvation. You'll be seeing that God is doing a work in your heart continually. And that is proof to you that there is a real change. There's new creation. We are closed in righteousness. It's imputed to us. In Christ now, our identity is no longer sinner, but saint. A son and daughter adopted by grace. God only sees Jesus' righteousness on us, which is imputed, and we are clothed in Christ. So why do we still struggle with sin? Why do I still sin? Why is it that I continually find myself falling for things better than Christ, uh, uh, lesser than Christ? Things that, 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 that satisfy, satisfy me more than Christ should. Why is it that I, and that, that I find myself still feeling that, that wrestle between spirit and flesh as Paul also felt? I know what I should do, but what I want to do, what I do, and he struggles. There's a struggle there. 
that is what we continually, or that's what's going to continually happen in our, in our lives while we are still alive before Christ comes back, when Christ comes back, when we are joint with Him, or, we, or He takes us home, uh, we're going to be with Him in perfection. But till that, there's always going to be that struggle. So if we are righteous, if He sees us as perfect, then why do I struggle? Why do I struggle? This is um, Martin Luther. You all know Martin Luther. He, he, um, he's uh, one of the great um, uh, starters of the, of the Reformation, right? Um, he protested against the church of the day because the church was works weary. The church was full of works and he saw a mismatch. So he protested against the Catholic church at the time and he said, this cannot, this does not line up with scripture. He, he wrote out the uh, like 95 thesis, he pinned it, nailed it to the door of the Wittenberg church at the time and he protested. This is not scriptural. So he was, um, he was a German professor um, and uh, a seminal figure of the Protestant Reformation. He coined this phrase. He coined this phrase. Have a look. It's a Latin phrase and it is simul justus et peccato. Et simul justus et peccato. Simul means well, we get our English word from uh, our English word simultaneously, simultaneously. Simul justus means just or righteous et and peccato sinful he coined this phrase and it's very profound it's at the same time we are righteous and sinful what does that mean it doesn't mean that at the same time in the same way we are righteous and sinful, otherwise it would be contradictive in terms. But at the same time, in different ways, we are God from one perspective. He sees us as righteous. But you know what? Some of my deeds are sinful. They're still sinful. It is a paradox that is in the Bible. It is a paradox that we need to understand that these two still work hand in hand that God sees us as righteous, not of our own, but again of Christ. But because we are still in this flesh, living in this world, we, we struggle. Struggle. It's a new word. Write it down. Tattoo it. Um, we, we, we struggle in our flesh. And, um, and, and, and even Paul felt this struggle. And uh, you'll remember that. And you won't remember anything else. Uh, <laughs> But to understand that we are at the same time righteous and sinful. So not in the same way, not in the same way, but differently. Uh, you have been declared righteous, but yes, we still sin. Therefore, you are being saved from the power of sin. See, at this present time, I am being saved from the power of sin. In the past, I was saved from the penalty of sin. Right now, I am being saved, renew every day from the power of sin. 
The Holy Spirit is doing a work in me every day. And the Bible calls it we are being saved. It is a present reality right now. It is what um, sanctification is. And that is the relationship between us being righteous and the process of sanctification in our life, which is to be set apart holy for Him. God, Holy Spirit, is doing a work in us continually. And in the reading of the Word of God, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship, hopefully the Holy Spirit is doing such a work in our hearts that we will we, we, we should be hating sin more, desiring Him more, hating the things of the flesh that satisfy us, hating that more and more, and desiring God more and more. Hopefully that is happening, and that will continue to happen throughout our lives. Text, Scripture, 1 Corinthians 1 18 says for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god you know what that's saying essentially the gospel is what is helping us to stay faithful See, the word of the cross is the gospel. It is folly or foolish to those who do not understand, who are perishing. But the, those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. Philippians 2, 12, 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with faith fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure now this is what it's saying it doesn't say work out your own salvation your own salvation as in you have to earn it you have been you are saved now what God has done on the inside work it out show fruit of it it is not look what it says here because it, 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 if we don't have that last sentence, we might think, oh, it's just us then. We can get brownie points. No, 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 no. For it is God who works in you. You see that? Is that clear? It, there is, again, this us cooperation that happens, but it is God who does the work in you, both to, listen to this, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He does the work in you. But yes, there is a cooperation on our behalf. Work out this salvation that God has given us. I'm almost finished. Hebrews uh, uh, 10, 14 says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time. Look at these past tenses here. Perfected for all time, as in it's done, those who are being sanctified. It's happening right now. It's done, it's happening, and one day it will culminate to perfection. One day it will be seen fully. Amen. We 
need to be careful of this wrong idea that if we are righteous, yes, we are perfect, holy, righteous, and that is what God sees of us. But let us never boast or ever say, well, I never sinned. I'm righteous, holy, perfect. Let us never, ever think that we can ever boast on that. Amen? Amen? We, come on, let's reality check. We sin. Sin this morning. Yesterday, someone might say, well, I haven't sinned in a week. Really? How's that going for you in reality? We've we got a gross misunderstanding of sin. You know, sin, there is different types of facets of sin. There is sins of, what's called sins of omission. This is obvious. Sins or things that you, sh- that you did that you shouldn't have done. Oh, you lied. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, stole something. You know, that's a sin of omission. Sorry, commission. Sorry, commission. Things, sins of commission is a sin that you should not have done. Things that you did that you should not have done. Sins of omission is when you omit to do something you should have done, but you didn't. Now, how many of us could really admit the fact of, that we often fall in the sin of omission? I oh, know I should have, but I didn't. That's sin. Often we just see sin as sin as commission. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I said something I shouldn't have said. No, no, there are sins of commission. Sins of omission, things that you should have done that you didn't do, and also sins of intent. Sometimes we do things that might look good, but in the intent of our heart, we did it because we wanted to look good. That's a sin too. So look how deep sin goes into our being, and then we can see that we sin all the time. In our intent of the mind, the heart. We need to be repent. There is this bizarre concept in overseas. And I could, if I, and I won't, but if I was to name the ministry that, that preaches this, you'd all know it, overseas. Um, and, and it preaches the Christians don't ever need to repent. They never need to repent because you're righteous. But it's the wrong idea of thinking that because you're righteous doesn't mean that you don't sin anymore. Yes, we don't just bash ourselves up thinking, I'm a sinner and this and that. But we don't also go on the other side thinking, I'm holy and perfect. Hey, I've never sinned. I haven't sinned in a week. I'm trying better because next week will be two weeks. At the inner core of our lives, we are utterly sinful, God has saved us, loved us, yet while we were still sinners, He sent His Son so that we could just, just be 
with him, in relationship with him. That's what it's all about. He sees us righteous, holy, perfect, saint, Saint Mark, Saint Josh. And I could name so many other names. I'm just, uh. Amen. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, sin, um, sorry. We live, yeah, that's right. We live in this uh, tension that scholars call the already, but not yet of salvation. It's already happened on the cross, but it's not yet ultimately realized. And that's the day we stand before Jesus. Um, First Peter um, salvation, future salvation, future grace. First Peter, blessed be the God of Father, Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation salvation ready to be revealed in the last time that is talking about salvation that will be realized finally fully in the last time we will see that culminating to the end and boy what a glorious day that will be because what happens is that uh, sins and sins total the totality of sin will be gone. We have been set free from sin. Amen? From the power of sin every day and one day from sin altogether. How glorious is that day going to be when we see Him as He is and we see ourselves with, with Him and we're going to be united in perfection but whilst in on this earth there is a struggle there is yes there is this tension between the flesh and the spirit let us not grow weary in doing good but let us just continue to do what god has called us to do uh verse 13 of that there says this uh, therefore preparing your minds for action prepare your mind for action and being sober-minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of jesus christ there is a hope to live for Galatians. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Do you eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness? You know what that means? The hope of righteousness is talking about when, we, when the reality of our experience lines up with the finished work of who Jesus now declared that we are. It's fully realized. When it's fully realized. Now, so today... You today can confidently, if you were in Christ, confidently, I can say, Alex Oldwin, the wretched sinner, has been saved by grace from sin and judgment. Alex Oldwin, the sin-prone Christian, is being saved, being sanctified in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Alex Oldwin, the glorified and perfected man in Christ, will be saved in the end at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ or when he takes us home and, and glorified one day and kept by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, where's the boasting? Where's the boasting? The boasting is on the cross. First Corinthians, I'm going to finish up with this. And because of him you are in Christ. Because of him you are in Christ. Who 
became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, big words, but we know them, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Jesus, save me. I am saint because of Him. My, my identity is no longer sinner, but saint. That is my identity. And yes, my behavior might not be perfect right now. And yes, I might sin and I still fall it, but I hate that. I don't pursue sin like I once used to. I don't pursue the sin that used to enslave me. I pursue Christ. I pursue Christ. And I want to do this in this feeble, weary body every single day. And I do it by the strength of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Father God, let the, as the band comes up, Father, I just pray and ask that you, you will be so, so glorified in us. Lord, we aren't in ourselves perfect. You see us as holy, righteous, and God, we thank you so much so much that is why you embrace us that is why you, you we have communion with you we, we we are we are one with you because of his righteousness but god god that we on this earth will not fall back into sin continually uh and and and, and finally Yes, there's going to be struggles every day. But you are reminding us of our identity and that you would remind us continually. Lord, that we won't desire sin, that every day you were doing a work in our hearts so much so that we are, uh, are disliking sin more and more. We are becoming more and more like you every day every day every day and that we see that and Lord if we don't see that that we would get on our knees and pray and ask that you would just do a mighty work in our hearts because we are so utterly sinful in and of ourselves we, we us we need you and we need the beautiful gospel every day to remind us to remind us Father continue to work in our hearts continue to do this for us Father as a church as a body of believers <laughs> preparing a spotless bride thank you Jesus thank you do that in our hearts right now do it right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father. Don't want to rush this moment between you and God. Repent. Turn back to Him. <laughs> Turn back to Him. The evil deeds, the thoughts that are not right turn back to him he's reminding you you are in Christ he's reminding you right now you are mine don't let the enemy continue to accuse 
Holy Spirit, thank you that you are doing a work right now in every single one of us, including myself. Just because I got the mic does not mean I'm perfect. God, that (laughs) you continue to show us Jesus every day. (laughs) If there's anyone in here that you would not you would not consider yourself a Christian you don't have a relationship with Jesus but the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your heart right now that in hearing the gospel and hearing that that he's done such a work in your heart that you want to receive him by faith is there anyone in here if there is I want to see your hand I'd love to see your hand so I can come and speak to you is anyone here can you just wave your hand at me if there is God is doing a work in your heart so much so that you want to receive him now by faith. Just as I look across the auditorium, is there anyone in here who wants to receive Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior? Thank you, Father.